Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. As you already know, if you've listened to this program before, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and then we're also on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We certainly hope that you'll join us for all four editions, but uh, we also know uh, want you to know that we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. The podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and uh, many other locations on the internet. And we also have a video cast, which is on YouTube. And the channel is, of course, Tell Me Your Story and Richard Dugan. So please uh, look for the guy with the black hat on YouTube and you can watch these interviews. We hope that you'll do that. We also want you to know that uh, uh, we are uh, encouraging you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, where we ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice, your still small voice, so that uh, you can get the guidance and the inspiration as well as spend that quiet time going within. So please uh, spend the time doing that. That would be a really a great way to... Um, Start your day or throughout the day for that matter, and it doesn't take that long. And then there'll come a point in time where even though we would continue to encourage you to spend some time going within, listening, eventually you get to a place where that still small voice is always talking to you and all you have to do is follow the promptings. Trust. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. We also ask that if you can do so, uh, we could certainly use your support financially. We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And uh, so please uh, go to PayPal and type in my email address for the person you're sending it to. And that's Richard at RichardDugan.com. And then uh, put in whatever amount. We'll take energetic support too. So thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have helped and to those who will help. Again, we can't uh, thank you enough for the work that uh, we are able to do through the work that you are doing. Today's program is going to be a little different because today we are going to have as our guest host, believe it or not, uh, author, radio host, and wellness activist, Emily A. Francis. And um, she has a website, which, of course, is emilyafrancisbooks.com. And we hope that you'll go to her website to find out about the work that she is doing. She has a new book coming out. We're going to get her on the program to talk about it sometime in the near future. It's called The Taste of Joy, Mediterranean Wisdom for a Life Worth Savoring. And The Taste of Joy... Uh, basically shows you the value of living simply, mindfully, uh, seasonally, as well as naturally, while feeding the body and soul more richly. You can explore your own path to happiness as Emily recounts her eye-opening experiences, uh, getting to know a new region its inhabitants, and their culture. So we'll be talking with her about that. But today, she is going to be the host. Uh, back in 2021, the summer thereof, we had her on our program, and about a week or two later, I was on her program. So she's going to be uh, talking with me. We're going to be talking together about um, the work that uh, I have been doing for many, many years. And uh, the, obviously some of the things that um, you're going to hear you've heard before. I hope you enjoy the program. We hope you'll stay tuned for the entire broadcast of uh, Tell Me Your Story as we now go into the program of uh, Emily's. And that program, we certainly hope you will go look for at emilyafrancis.com. Dot com Emily a Francis.com and again the program that I was on originally aired back in uh, uh, July of 2021 it was actually July 7th of 2021 and Emily's radio shows all about healing offer insights and uh, ap applica applicable healing uh, advice related to mind energy body and spirit and every Wednesday Emily uh, 
presents uh, open discussions with expert guests in the fields of healing, wellness, and healthy and conscious living. And I appreciate those uh, kind words as far as her referring to both myself as well as all of her other guests uh, in that regard. So enjoy this program. It is Tell Me Your Story, but it's also all about healing. Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. All About Healing. I'm your host, Emily Francis, and we have the fabulous producer Jay on the line with us. I'm always so thankful to have Jay with us, otherwise this show would not go on. So my gratitude. Uh, I'm obviously, again, still here in Malta. For those that have been keeping up with me, you can keep up with me on Instagram or on MyMaltaLife.com to know what I've been up to, MyMaltaLife.com. And my book, Healing Ourselves Whole, is out, and so is the audio version. It is finally out. It sounds really great. Uh, the narrator, her name is Tina Nielsen. She was Goodreads Narrator of the Year, and it is now out, and you can download it at any time. So if you need anything, go to healingourselveswhole.com to order any of the books. All right, jumping past me and all my plugs, and we're going right into today's guest. I was the guest on his show just a week ago. I think it was just a week. His name is Richard Dugan, and he is the host of the Peabody-nominated show, and it's called Tell Me Your Story. And I was on his show about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Time is sort of flying for me. And we had so much fun with each other that we ended up going double the time, and we still couldn't get enough. We had so much to share that I said, hey, do you want to be a guest on my show? So here he is. So Richard Dugan is a, a show host himself, but he also has quite a story of his own on healing. So I want to begin at the beginning, Richard, if you will, that you were born legally blind, and now you drive a car and you can see. So take me through this. Uh, well, I was born in a log cabin in the middle of the woods uh, in aught six. No, <laughs> I uh, was actually born legally blind. I had three conditions, uh, cataracts, nystagmus, and stigmatism. And um, I'm going to let people Google those elements. Cataracts are pretty, pretty evident. It's a cloudy film that develops. And um, then, of course, nystagmus and stigmatism are, are a couple of other conditions. I had a, a series of surgeries as a kid. I still remember one of them, and it may have been the last one, uh, that I was being wheeled down towards the operating room, and as they began to put that black mask over my mouth with ether, most people don't know what that smells like. You don't want to know. I said to my doctor, who I, I must uh, uh, do a shout-out. I'm sure he's probably passed. Needless to say, uh, I believe it was a Dr. John Aiello. He was my ophthalmologist at the time. And um, he... Uh, I said to him, and this was probably, I don't know, six or seven, maybe eight years of age, I won't play with you anymore if you don't stop. <laughs> and uh, so we did the surgeries and all of that, and I would wear the big, thick bottle bottom, uh, Coke bottle bottom type glasses. I carried around large print books. And I also was listening to, uh, by the way, congratulations on your Audible book. I was listening oh, to Audible before Audible was Audible. I was listening to talking books and recordings for the blind. That's textbooks and recreational books. And, um, and that's, that's how I started listening and doing those kinds of things through grade school. And to jump forward, uh, I bicycled everywhere. 
uh, until I was 30, wow. 36 years of age. Now, I lived born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, for those who know anything about the terrain today, it's much different than it was back then, but still not one of the safest places to drive, a bicycle, I should say. And uh, I have to say that in that uh, 30-some-odd years of bicycling all over that city to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, I, was, I only had two, I call them incidents. Uh, the first one was I was riding a 10-speed down a major thoroughfare, and my, not my front tire, but my rear tire got caught in one of those drainage grates, and I went uh, hind end over tea kettle, as it were, uh, and ended up, fortunately, on the sidewalk side, not the street side of, and this was at 5 o'clock rush hour. The other one was, cyclists are not supposed to ride on the left-hand side of the road. Where was I? On the left-hand side of the road. Left-hand. <laughs> I had the green light, but there was a small Toyota truck with a little camper shell on it, and he started pulling out. Did Never saw me. Pulled out so slowly that it just slowly knocked my bicycle over, kept his vehicle from moving forward. I crawled out from under the bicycle, tapped on his window, and about scared him half to death. Uh, wasn't injured, fortunately. Well, jump forward to the age of 36, and on the 6th of March, 3696, I had a lens implant in my left eye. And my right eye, I beg your pardon, my right eye. And uh, I was actually able to see right after the surgery uh, about uh, 80 20. I could see it at uh, 20 80. I'm sorry, 20 80. I could see it 20 feet. What most people could see at 80. Before that, it was 2200. And then with corrective lenses and then a few more uh, laser surgeries uh, after that, primarily to continue to break up whatever cataracts were left. Uh, I was down to 2050 with corrective lenses. I was able to get a driver's license through the motor through the uh, medical review program in Arizona, and then when I moved to California in 2006, same there. I have had uh, four or five vehicles I never thought I would have in my lifetime. Uh, currently driving a truck. We purchased a travel trailer that we've hauled to Arizona, up to Sedona, and, and of course Phoenix to visit my family, up to Yosemite. Uh, and we have it parked in front of our, our cottage that we live in here in Santa Barbara. It's set up as if we were camping outside, and we use it pretty regularly as far as going out, listening to music, uh, doing the grilling and that kind of thing, and just having a nice nice evening when it's uh, nice and cool. But um, for me, at the age of 35, I was trying to get a driver's license just for a moped. A moped! Okay, uh, they're probably now more electric bicycles. And I couldn't get one. So I basically threw up my hands and said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care. I, if I'm bicycling at the age of 65, I'm four years shy of that as we speak. I'm 61 now. But if I'm bicycling in, uh, when I'm 65, so what? Big deal. I'll be healthier. Well, turns out technology finally caught up, up to me in 1996, and uh, here I am today. Been doing this pro my program, Tell Me Your Story, for uh, nearly 14 years, interviewing for over 40, and having, quite honestly, the time of my life. Uh, just absolutely incredible. That is that's just so amazing, um, and. and you, the surgeries, obviously, are what you can accredit the change. But even if you have surgeries, a healing of, of that magnitude has to have other parts accompanying it for it to, to really take hold and to change your life in a way that I think a lot of people, here's how I want to phrase this. Sometimes when you are restored or, or you never knew the other way, mm -hmm. people tend to have a hard time with their newfound expansion. Did you have any of those, or what are things that you can talk about to the listener that can help them if they are going through not necessarily eyesight, or maybe, maybe cataract surgery or something, but what is some of the advice you can give on the healing aspect that you have to do for yourself? Well, um, prior to that, I was, of course, uh, I started working in broadcasting in 1979, so that was at least uh, 15, 16, 17 years before the, the surgery. 
And I do believe that uh, the universe does use uh, our man-made, uh, if you will, God-given uh, abilities to heal ourselves, whether it be through orthodox medicine, which I would put this in that category, or alternative or spiritual or esoteric, if you will, metaphysical types of healing, which some people experience, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, I reached a point during that period when I was still legally blind, I reached a point where I finally was able to uh, uh, kind of sum it up this way. Uh, yes, I was legally blind, according to the state, according to all of the parameters that had been set up in the protocols. If your vision is below this level, you are considered high vision but legally blind. However, there are those who will say, oh, sight challenged, you know, visually challenged, oh, that's fine. I got to a point where I was able to say that my condition, if you want to use that term, is a perceived limitation. It's only a limitation if I choose to allow it to be. Could I get from point A to point B without a car? Yeah. I've got two wonderful feet that have been given to me, attached to a couple of great legs that can propel me across the surface of the earth. Uh, I've been through a number of bicycles, <laughs> had a few stolen, but also just transition. Uh, there's the bus. I've gotten rides from people. And to that end, when I started driving, I made this commitment that if anybody needed a ride somewhere, I would give it because I knew how important that was when I needed a ride in spite of how I felt like, oh, I'm imposing. I, I don't, I don't want to impose upon this person. I mean, I have to thank my mother more than anybody else for her transporting me hither and yon. I even went, believe it or not, <laughs> I even went on a date with uh, my high school girlfriend following high school. She took us to the movie theater. Uh, this is an interesting side story, and that is that we're sitting there waiting. It had just rained. I think uh, one of the monsoons had rolled through and uh, cleared up. And what should drive up to where we're waiting for my mom? but a police car. And who should get out of the back of the police car? But my mother. Uh, because apparently the, the car had stalled and my father stayed with the vehicle. My father does not drive. He also is uh, low vision. And uh, so <laughs> that was an interesting end to that date. But uh, when it comes to helping other people in similar circumstances, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's so important. I also experienced... When I was working for a uh, warehouse um, back in 1995, I transitioned from a radio job for a short period of time uh, to a warehouse that was operated by the state of Arizona, and it was actually run by the employees. Most of them were either low vision or totally blind. This light bulb, this this warehouse was filled with light bulbs of every size, shape, and type. There were even giant light bulbs that you'd put into a lighthouse, some also hazardous, filled with a xenon gas. I have no idea what that is. All I know is we never wanted to drop those. And it was interesting that the, um, one of the stats they brought out was that the military, who we were taking over for, their breakage rate when they would ship light bulbs to the various places that needed them, say for aircraft parts or um, indoor lighting for particular facilities, their breakage weight was upwards around 25-30%. The breakage rate for those people handling uh, picking and packing and shipping those light bulbs who were blind and visually impaired, their breakage rate, you want to take a guess at what their percentage of breakage was? No, I can't even imagine. Less than 1%. Most of the broken bulbs came in the trucks that were delivering the uh, uh, reload, so to speak, or the resupply to our warehouse. That's where most of the breakage was. Um, but one of the adjustments I had to make when I found out I was going to get the surgery was to some of the, my coworkers. Some of them were, were very excited that I was going to get a chance to see better than I had been. I also had those who were not happy. They didn't think it was fair. And I'm thinking, what's, you know, I, I, but I never challenged them. I never said, hey, come on, give me a break. You know, it's not my fault. I'm, I just want to see better. Wouldn't you take the chance? 
you know, people have to go through what they have to go through. And, uh, you know, and I wish I still wish them well, uh, you know, even some uh, 25, uh, 26 years later. The biggest. Wow. The biggest obstacle for me was. Something that my first wife said to me. Now, my first wife is totally blind. She was from the time I met her. She was actually born, uh, what was it, three months premature. And interestingly enough, her mother worked in the neonatal ICU. That was her career as a nurse. Uh, But my first wife was born premature. And uh, back then in the 60s, uh, 65, uh, they had a problem with the uh, incubators. If you put too much oxygen in, you would damage the eyes. And not enough, you would damage the brain. Well, they did the former. But the thing that she said to me following my surgery for my eye really has stayed with me ever since. And it, 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 has kind of, it had kind of bothered me for a long, long time. She says, well, I certainly hope I can benefit from your uh, uh, newfound sight. And that just, it hit me the wrong way. Like, what makes you think you wouldn't? I mean, we're married. We're together. Uh, we are not, of course, today, to this day, but the, the, the new vision has little or nothing to do with that. Uh, it was a bunch of other issues as well. But I'm sure that that didn't set well with her because, unfortunately, and again, I, I'm not here to tell someone else's story, uh, but from my observations and experience living with her. She was a very uh, bitter woman who didn't think that the world was giving the blind uh, enough attention and adjusting to their needs. Uh, And I have to tell you, today, here we are, 2021. Technology is amazing. And and the things that that are available are just uh, outstanding. I'm so thrilled to have been a part of that early uh, part of the years. Um. It's really incredible. You know, there's a lot of massage therapists that are blind. She was. Matter of fact, she was, a, she was a massage therapist. She went through the Phoenix uh, Massage Therapy Institute. I was there. I helped her through it. I helped her with medical terminology and so forth. I also thought I would benefit from a few more massages than I got, and I didn't get that many. So. <laughs> but you're absolutely well, right. You know, as a massage therapist, I can say my husband would agree with you. It's really hard to come home and want to work on your husband. And a lot of people actually advocate not to work on your partner. So a lot of people will switch up. Or even for me, a lot of people advocate not to work on your children. Mm. That they, they think you should actually switch up. But it just depends on your situation and where you are. Um, I know that we're getting, we're getting up and close to a commercial break, so I don't want to open a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we, as we uh, round about this particular segment, uh, because the next segment, we're going to talk about your upcoming book. Ah. And we're going to talk about the, the reason that you are, have written this book. Um, but so to, to round out the eyes and the healing of that, is there anything that you want to make sure in a short uh, minute that, that people hear about that? Sure. I can keep it short and brief. As I said before, uh, regardless of what your, I can say, challenge or limitation is, It's only a limitation if you allow it to be. So start calling it a perceived limitation. And uh, to dovetail into the next segment, um, it's all about, it is all about choices. And I will put a period right there. Yes, because that is the name of your book. Let's go ahead and at least just go there. The name of your book. And this book is not published yet, but it's written, correct? It is, um, yes, that is correct. So it's called Choices, Five Steps to Life. Yes. And, okay. And, and we can get into how that came about. Any idea when that book's coming out? Well, uh, I'm hoping uh, by our 14th anniversary for Tell Me Your Story, which will be September. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to commit to at this particular point. Okay. So seven. Your, your show also has been on for 14 years. It's had major amounts of guests, and you've been nominated for a Peabody Award. Um, you know, I don't even actually know. I know that the Peabody Award is a big deal, but tell me, 
and I know that we're going to get cut off, but tell me how that came to be. Did you put in for it? Did they find you? How do how do things like that happen? Well, believe it or not, uh, and it's it's sort of a, a misnomer as far as being nominated necessarily. I was working with another gentleman uh, who I met back in 2014. He was a guest on another program I was producing here at the station I worked for in Santa Barbara, and his uh, his. Uh, focus is on mythology and he came in to talk about the holy grail and so forth and we got to talking afterwards and we discussed uh, the possibility of doing a, a program or two together the next thing i know we're doing one program a month in uh 2015 i believe it was called mythosophia exploring the depths of myth and wisdom so as we're doing these programs and he's really feeling that that the content is really incredible uh, and again, it was a part of Tell Me Your Story, because it still really fit in. He submitted all of the paperwork as well as the uh, the financing uh, to nominate Tell Me Your Story for uh, for a Peabody. And um, I'm, I'm hoping one day that, that that may come about. Certainly that's not the reason why I do the program, but nonetheless... Uh, it would be nice to to be recognized in that regard to saying, hey, you know, what we're doing is important. So uh, that was exciting. That was really exciting to that's, have that. That's incredible. That's a big deal, and I'm, I'm very excited for you. That would be a huge honor. You're listening to All About Healing. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Emily Francis. If you're just tuning into my show for the first time because you love our guest, Richard Dugan, then I thank you for your time and your energy and your presence, and I do invite you to come back and listen more often. If you listen on a regular basis to my show, I thank you even more and am very grateful and value that you give me your time and attention and your presence. Time is so special and sacred. So Richard Dugan is on the line with us, and he is the host of the podcast Tell Me Your Story, and I was a guest on his show just recently, last week or the week before, and it's up on YouTube and a lot of different channels. But, Richard, before we jump into the book, where can people find you? Well, I love to uh, tell people that. Uh, first of all, the programs are heard locally here in Santa Barbara on AM 1290 KZSB. And uh, they stream live as well. And you can go to two different websites. One is am1290kzsb.com where you will get the stream of all of the programming, as well as Tell Me Your Story, which is heard Sundays at 7 a.m., 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and then Wednesdays, I call it the special broadcast, 9 a.m. And uh, we basically segment that particular program. But the other three broadcasts are full form, where we don't take any breaks. We go straight on through, as you, as you experienced, and that seems to really work well because it allows for the flow. We also have the same program, full version, uh, because, of course, radio limits you by uh, so many minutes. If we, like, we went almost two hours, I believe. And, um, we did. So that interview, the podcasts, are available. Are you ready for this list? On SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeart, Amazon Music and many other locations, as well as now the video cast, as you mentioned, on YouTube. The channel is Tell Me Your Story, and I just say, look for the guy with the hat. Uh, and so those are the outlets uh, on YouTube, on all, all of those various, so you can just Google uh, Tell Me Your Story, and you'll find uh, the final locations. And uh, it, I have to tell you that I just expanded to add 10 more podcasting sites and i have to tell you that my listenership just in a seven-day period has gone from an average an average of 250 listens per week to nearly 2,000 listens per week i don't know if that's because of iheart wow. or amazon music or what site all i know is it went up and i often say this too uh, uh, uh emily my current statistics on SoundCloud are over 36, almost 37,000 listens since January 1 of 2018. I don't know what that number means. All I know is that that's the number of listens. Uh, they may have listened for a minute. They may have listened to the entire interview. I don't know. I mean, I certainly know the stats are there, the analytics. All I know is 
the, the number is just it's it's just going exponentially now since I expanded to some of these other places. And I am also grateful to those people who have reposted some of the interviews to other websites, as well as I know you as a guest have the privilege, if you should choose to do so, to post the audio or video uh, on your website. So we're expanding, we're growing uh, 14 years down the road, and uh, that's how people can find out more. Wow, that's amazing. All right, let's jump right to it. Choices, five steps to life. Tell me, tell me everything about how this came to be. All right. Um, my second wife and present wife, by the way, it will be my last only because I made the commitment to myself and to her that I would never, ever uh, divorce again. I just refuse. I will do everything in my power to make it work. Um, going back to what I said at the end of the last segment about uh, uh, choices, that we always have them. Well, when my second wife uh, contracted or uh, was diagnosed, I should say, in uh, July (laughs) of um, 2001, in July of 2001, she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. And uh, they scheduled her surgery for August 10th, which she went through, had, had the full hysterectomy and so forth and so on, and then for the next six months, chemo. And, of course, I'd been interviewing uh, up to that point as well. As I said, I've been interviewing since uh, 79, 1980. And of all of the programs that I'd been through, personal growth and development programs, all of the books that I had read, all of the interviews that I had done on self-help <clears throat> and so forth, there was one thing that, that stuck out. <clears throat> and that is when uh, someone would say that they were going through a hard time, the advice was what you want to do is you want to Make little notes for yourself and stuff them in the drawers, in the cabinets, on the inside of cabinets, on your mirror, in your, inside your medicine cabinet, in your underwear drawer, you know, uh, if necessary, in the dishwasher or the washing machine, obviously before you run a load, that support you and encourage you. So I thought, what can I post all over the house that would do that? And so I came up with these five steps for life. And the first step is making a choice. Now, there's a catch to that. And the catch is sometimes we don't know what choice to make because we don't know what choices that we have. So um, the book starts out, and this is the first line of the book. And they say, I remember going when I was in Southwest literature class as well as English in college, uh, junior college, they said that when you are writing a book or an essay, that first sentence has got to be a grabber. And I hope that this one is. And it starts out like this. It's a quote from me to my wife. Do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice, but I will support you in it. Verbatim. And that's really what it comes down to is making a choice and whether anybody likes it or not, stay committed to it. Now, there are four other steps and uh, those steps have to do with the words that you say. Match your words to your choice. Match your actions to the words in your choice match your personal input to your choice, and the final fifth step, and this sounds maybe a little strange, be your choice. And these four middle steps, or I should say three middle steps, uh, the words that we say are extremely important. If anybody tells you, and someone did tell me this, especially when I was talking about Uh, political campaigns, and I'm not getting into politics here, but I'm just saying uh, that I have heard all kinds of things said, and uh, people will say, Richard, you are being so naive. It's only politics. And I say, no, it's not. If this individual's intention is to get elected to a particular office for a particular reason, then they're saying these words for an intention, which means those words have power. 
And those words will come back to haunt you. And so if a person lives their life just blasting everybody else around them, it's everybody else's fault that things are the way they are, that I am. It's like me saying my, it's, this is my, my parents' fault that I am the way I am. This is on them. No, it's not. It's on me. So if you are not consciously listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth, as that one line from that movie says, do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? Do you? <laughs> do you really? Are you listening? Um, it, if you start to speak in such a way that is constructive, not necessarily positive, because I don't like the dualism there, but constructive, that supports you. Then, what about the people you surround yourself with? We have the right, and, and I use this word uh, in the context in which it is intended here, Emily. We have the right to discriminate, meaning we have the right to determine who is in our lives and who isn't. When my wife was going through her surgery and her chemo, her ex-husband would visit her, which I didn't have a pro I don't even to this day. They're still good friends, which is wonderful. I'm so happy for them that they are. But when he would go and visit her, it was a downer. He would always talk about, oh, the statistics this and the statistics that. One minute. I told her, I said, look, I'm not going to tell you, you that I don't want him there, but I don't want him there because he's not helping you. He's not <laughs> supporting you. Uh, then it's the input that we take into our bodies through our five senses. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Is it really supporting your choice? And um, so uh, those are the kinds of things that we need to be aware of as we are going through our lives. And, of course, our actions are important, too. What are you doing? Are you eating? I, I will tell you very quickly that a year ago I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. My doctor told me it was going to be a long journey, and I said, no, it's not, because I know how I got here. And in less than a month and a half, my blood sugar was down to normal, my A1C was down to normal, and I have not looked back. I don't have type 2 diabetes anymore. And it was a commitment I made to me as well as to my wife. So you got to commit to your choice and all of those other attributes therein. You guys are listening to Richard Dugan today on All About Healing. I'm your host, Emily Francis. He has his own show called uh, Tell Me Your Story, which I love. I was a guest on it last week, and we could not get enough of our information, our love of Europe. He loves Ireland. As you know, I love Malta. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. We had a great show. So uh, we're talking about choices, five steps to life, that you were helping your wife as she battled cancer and making particular choices and I want to I, I want to open this up you talked about when you're making this choice you have to live the choice you have to be what the choices are that you're making and surround yourself with things that are supporting those choices and when I lived at the yoga ashram and we studied and we had to fill out a journal every day and uh, two of the questions the two most poignant questions to me were how much time spent in the company of the wise? And then the second one was how much time spent in the company of the fool? And that's what you're talking about. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? How are you supporting these choices? And I, I remember that on the weekends when I would be at the yoga ashram, I could answer so honestly, how much time spent in the company of the wise? Wow, like 40 hours. <laughs> and then I would go home, and it was like, how much time spent in the company of the wise? Uh... I don't know, two, three, maybe if we're lucky. You know, you had to. I had to do a lot of uh, soul searching and, mm -hmm. and and switching. So let's jump in. Um, before we forget, tell me your website so people can find you. RichardDugan.com, and uh, I have found it fascinating when I Google myself uh, I, or other people Google me. I show up near the top, which I've done nothing. I am not a subscriber to anything. It's just exciting to see that kind of that kind of. Uh, I'll call it recognition by Google. I appreciate it. <laughs> RichardDugan.com yeah, is a website. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so tell me, uh, when you get into the five choices, five steps to life, uh, we were just talking about the choice and, and being the choice, but tell me anything else you want to wrap up before we head into other, other dialogue. Sure. 
Um, there is one thing that I have thought about for many years, even as a kid growing up, uh, in terms of changing the world. Now, I've often said this, even in some of the promos that are airing on the station, that uh, that doesn't mean that this is an awful, horrible, icky place and we got to get out of here. No, absolutely not. I'm grateful for where I grew up. I am grateful for where I live today. Um, I certainly have dreams of, as you mentioned, uh, moving to Ireland one day soon, I'm hoping, and uh, living the rest of my life with my wife there and our animals. But there's always room for improvement. And I honestly do believe that it is possible. I, I heard somebody using this phrase over and over again when they were talking about whatever the subject was. Uh, I think it had to do with the environment and California, of course, trying to eliminate uh, gasoline-powered this and that and the other thing. And they would say, it can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. I say it can be done. What's your level of commitment to do it? Uh, and, of course, there's all this negative talk about just about any subject that you want to bring up. And I, unfortunately, I then fall into the category of which I am now speaking of. I am so tired of people complaining. And, of course, now I'm the complainer. Uh, but I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear solutions. I want to, uh, and I have a solution to every problem that ails the human condition. But nobody likes it. I don't even like it, but at least I'm offering a solution. Uh, I'm not going to offer it here. What I want to do is I want to change the world for the better for everyone. And if you think that's a utopian dream, fine. What's wrong with that? Uh, that's what this is all about, our dreams. When we make choices, our choices are based on uh, many, many instances, if not all, our dreams. And we provide, this is another one of the slogans we have on the program, we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. But if you don't know what choices are available to you, how are you going to choose them? And that's why I'm also a firm believer in education, not just formal 12-year or 14, 16, 18, 20-year education. I'm talking about the education that teaches you uh, how to function in a society, how to be a participant, to be a co-creator, to be someone who gives a damn about themselves first. This isn't, and, and that may sound self-serving, but the fact of the matter is if you talk to a survival, a person who is involved in, uh, uh, say, first responder, the first rule is take care of number one. How are you going to help numbers two, three, four, and five, or 500, if you aren't healthy, if you aren't trained, if you aren't knowledgeable, if you aren't aware? And one other element, and I will turn this back over to you, is we encourage people to participate on the program regularly in what I like to call the decade of perfect vision. Last year, 2020, was the year of perfect vision where we encourage people to go within and trust their intuition and I ask you to do that spend that quiet peaceful calm time listening to that still small voice it is only there for your benefit Emily I I turn yeah. I drop the mic <laughs> and I turn it over to you <laughs> that is it's Everything you're saying is so on point and so powerful and, and so necessary. That's how we change. That's how we become a co-creator. I love that you said those words, to become a co-creator, because we need to become a co-creator of our life. You know, things don't happen just, they don't just happen to us. We're part of it. I mean, some things do happen to us, but then how we react to it, you know, we have to, it, it's a co-creation. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's. It, meshes in. So I, I love that. I, I think that your vision and what you're trying to do with your life, you're using yourself as a vessel. You are a service. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I appreciate that. I've always been humbled by compliments. It used to be that as a kid, a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, I would start to address the compliment by explaining 
And I got to a point where I'm going, that sounds really disingenuous. Just say thank you, Richard. Just be grateful. And so when I get those kinds of words, that's that's all I can say is thank you. I I appreciate it. I am grateful that I've been given the talents and the abilities to do what I'm doing uh, and also to learn new things and to bring into my sphere the kinds of people such as yourself, Emily, who who care, who care about themselves, their family, their community, as well as all of uh, the rest of humanity. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, too, that the universe has done a wonderful job of keeping me humble because when I get too big for my britches, and it's been a long time, the universe has a way of giving me my comeuppance <laughs> to say, hey, this is not all about you, N- at least not right now. It's not all about you kind of thing. So I'm grateful to the universe for that as well. Um, but I'm also acknowledging, and we all should be able to do One this, minute. that... Um, we are, we should be acknowledging our abilities. I am good at what I do, and that's as far as I'll go with that. I, I, I've been doing this for a long time. I should, I better be good at what I do if I've, I've wasted 40 years if I'm not. And I'm grateful for the thousands, <laughs> the thousands of people who have been a part of what I have, uh, what I have become. Well, I loved having you on the show, and you guys can check him out, Richard Dugan, D-U-G-A-N. Dot com, and there you can be led to all the show outlets and figure out which way you want to watch Tell Me Your Story. Richard, it's been such a pleasure. You've been listening to an interview conducted by Emily Francis, all the way from Malta. And the program was entitled All About Healing, which offers insights and applicational healing, which offers insights and applicable healing advice related to the mind, body, and energy and spirit. And I'm Richard Dugan, and I was her guest on her program, and I thought you might be interested in hearing that. I've been on a few other programs as well, and we'll be bringing those to you down the road. But in the meantime, we hope that you enjoyed this program, and we hope that you will continue to listen to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We're also on at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We also have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations across the Internet. And we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews and get to know our guests as well. We also hope that you'll go to our guests' website which we are linked to. And just as a reminder, Emily's website, of course, is emilyafrancis.com. That's emilyafrancisbooks.com. Make sure to put the word books in there. And she has quite a number of books that you might be interested in, and I certainly hope that you'll check them out. Of course, the one we spoke with her on our program back in uh, July of, or June, actually, late June of 2021, uh, Healing ourselves whole. Uh, And it is an interactive study, or actually I should say, and it's an interactive guide uh, to releasing pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. She also has the body heals itself, the how deeper awareness of your muscles and their emotional connection can help you heal. Whole body healing, create your own path to physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual wellness. Stretch therapy. Now, I have to tell you that uh, I remember on one of our programs uh, some time ago, we had a guest on who talked about animals. You know, you've watched your dogs and cats. They just, they'll get up and they'll just stretch. Oh my God, that feels so good. Well, We need to be doing the same thing. When we feel like stretching, stretch. It's a comprehensive guide uh, to individual 
and uh, assisted stretching. There's also another one we're going to talk to her about, and uh, it uh, is available. She's co-wrote this book, um, and uh, we hope that you'll get a copy of Witchy Mama, and it's a magical traditions, motherly insights, and sacred knowledge. She also has a book on uh, autism essentials, prevention, evolution, remedy, remediation, I should say, education, vocational, legal aspects, and parental advice. A leg up. Uh, this is a book for all teens to help you find your way. And it's actually a leg up on lymphedema. Lymphedema, I believe that's how that's pronounced. So anyway, pick up a copy of her books as well as her latest book, which we'll be having her on the program to talk about, The Taste of Joy. And that taste of joy shows you the value of living simply, meaningfully, seasonally, and naturally while feeding the body and soul more richly. Explore your own path to happiness as Emily res, uh, basically recounts her eye-opening experiences, getting to know a new region, its inhabitants, and their culture. Again, the title is The Taste of Joy, uh, Mediterranean Wisdom for a Life Worth Savoring. You know, we talk about the word thrive. Well, that's true, too. We want to thrive. And at the same time, we also want to savor the life that we have. So please uh, check it out. If you would, please, we would love to uh, continue to talk with all of our guests about the amazing things that they have available. And we certainly hope that you will also be amazed by uh, some of the things that they are talking about. I'm Richard Dugan, and you have been listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We hope you enjoyed today's special program uh, where I was interviewed by Emily Francis. And go to Emily afrancisbooks.com That's emilyafrancisbooks.com And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening.